Hello, and welcome to the 16th episode of the Big Screen Book Club, the podcast that celebrates the loving relationship between literature and film and seeks to answer the biggest question of them all. What's the book really better? I'm Joseph Keim. And I'm Clarice Lockery. This month, we're sort of headed out into uncharted waters with both our first non-fiction book and our first memoir, The Motorcycle Diaries, written by, <clears throat> deep breath, Argentine Marxist revolutionary, guerrilla leader and major figure of the Cuban Revolution, physician, countercultural icon and writer, Che Guevara. You may have heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Although Che wrote prolifically, The Motorcycle Diaries is considered such a key text because it captures what appears to have been his true political awakening. It covers his travels throughout South America in 1952 with his friend Alberto Granado, where he witnessed firsthand poverty, inequality and the interventionist hand of American corporate interests. Che would later become involved in Guatemala's social reforms under President Jacobo Arbenz, played a crucial role in the two-year guerrilla campaign that deposed the US-backed Cuban dictator Fulgencio Batista and served on the new government in reformative and diplomatic roles. Guevara left Cuba in 1965 to foment continental revolutions across both Africa and South America, but was captured by CIA-assisted forces in Bolivia and killed. His death has since elevated him to the status of martyrdom, an icon of the leftist class struggle. But today we're talking about Ernesto Guevara, the man who would one day become Che, a nickname he earned due to his frequent use of the Argentine interjection Che, which is sort of like the English mate or buddy. In 2004, The Motorcycle Diaries was adapted into film written by Puerto Rican playwright Jose Rivera and directed by Brazilian filmmaker Walter Salles, with additional context supplied by Travelling with Che Guevara, The Making of a Revolutionary by Alberto Granado, the guy that he travelled with. Guevara is played by Gael Garcia Bernal, who previously played Che in the 2002 miniseries Fidel, and Granado by the Argentine actor Rodrigo de la Sana, who incidentally is a second cousin to the real-life Guevara on his maternal side. Oh my god, that's uh, a really fun fact. I know. <laughs> fun facts already from the very beginning. We're like two minutes into this podcast and already. <laughs> yes, the historical but, context. Before we really get into the film, I mean, what did you think okay. reading The Motorcycle Diaries? <laughs> I tell you what, it was really sweet because I don't, I haven't read a lot of travel books. I don't think I have full stop, to be perfectly honest. Um, so this was a really interesting in because it definitely reads like a collection of diary entries. Um, there's not a lot of narrative through line and you're left to sort of like to piece it together and everything that happens in the book sort of comes together in its own like individual snapshot of of the life of Alberto and Che. So it's it is an interesting read. I do think, though, that at this stage, knowing who Che Guevara became and the way that their lives turned. And now that we have the film, I feel like the book is probably best served now as supplementary to the film. Because I feel like the film is a lot easier to digest, not only in format, but in a way of sort of assessing who Ernesto would become. And it, it integrates a lot more of the ideology of Che Guevara than the Motorcycle Diaries do, because obviously those ideas are only in like their first real element of formation. So I think 
it it plays quite well for people who enjoyed the film and want to know more about Che, but on its own, it's it's still interesting to read, and I really did enjoy reading it, but it's one I find would probably be quite hard to recommend for somebody who is just about to start researching Che Guevara. What what do you think? I I kind of disagree with you. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> I sort of feel the opposite that the film really doesn't capture the memoirs particularly mm. well. We can get into that in a second, but my overall feeling of it is look, I do agree because they because this is a diary, this is a memoir and this is a collection of writings that he was putting together as he was taking this journey and then sort of went back after and collated together and uh, edited a few things, I think he says. Um, so it's it can be a little hard to follow, I think. Mm. <laughs> I'm putting that in the context that as much as I love reading nonfiction, I have a tendency for information to come in one ear and straight out the other. And so... <laughs> Uh, I was constantly forgetting where they were. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna be like, "Oh my god, are they? Uh, they're in Cusco. They're in Cusco. They're in Cusco." <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is my fault. That is not Che Guevara's. <laughs> <laughs> he was not writing for me, person who can't pay attention properly. <laughs> but I think what I found really moving about reading the Motorcycle Diaries is that, you know, they were they were written. As we kind of said in the introduction, this is Ernesto writing, not mm. Che, in a way. And I, I think we have a tendency to forget that revolutionaries are made and not born. Yeah. Um, which I found really poignant to me because I, I mean, this is kind of a digression, but you know, with the landscape that we're in today, with social media and infinite access to information and political ideas, um. I think we have a tendency to treat someone's like the the formation of ourselves as political beings as sort of having to be an instantaneous thing. <laughs> like the mm. second you join Twitter, you ha you have to be an instant leftist and communist. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, and we can be quite critical of each other in in that way. And I know in my own life, I did not grow up in particularly progressive surroundings and everything that I've learned has been an education and it's something that I have um, gathered together throughout my en entire life to sort of get to where I am today, which is still very flawed, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> and and so if, what I found really moving about The Motorcycle Diaries is that he he doesn't start he doesn't start this journey as Che Guevara, the Marxist revolutionary who um, led all these people and inspired all these people. He's a, a doctor, a sort of bourgeois doctor who's going on a fun motorcycle ride with his buddy <laughs> with no political intention behind it. He just wanted to see South America. And it's it's through the experience and actually meeting people and seeing life and seeing what America was doing to these countries that just completely transformed him 
and turned him and he says like the person editing this book is not the same person who wrote it I was reborn I when I went came back to Argentina I was a, a different person and I I found that really inspiring and and I think it's such a lesson to all of us that like it, it's a constant education and also it's through experiencing things that we become better people I guess or more enlightened people more politically awakened people that was so profound oh my god <laughs> that was so beautiful Don't, oh my god wow you've really undercut me now I I'm sorry I can't come back I from this you think too highly of me. I can't. I can't compete with that. <laughs> oh, I just okay. enjoyed the motorcycle diaries. Yes. I had a great time with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I do agree with you on the level that you know, knowing who Shay would become, it's it's interesting to read this book as sort of just a guy who's going on a journey with his pal. And I remember thinking, because knowing Che Guevara, you think of the incredible political importance that he had and his huge significance, not only in like focus politics, but in pop culture and what we understand about politics and revolutionaries and revolutions as a whole. So it was really nice to read this and realize that he made some fucking mischief. Like there are moments in, in the most, like in the book that don't make it into the film, which I was quite disappointed by just little moments of them stacking it off the motorbike and making dicks of themselves and working like this garden party and stealing a shitload of wine and hiding them down by a river only to go back to the river and find that the wine has now been stolen from them and then being really bummed out about it. Little things like that really came together to sort of make the book feel a little bit more human. And I think the reason why I'd say that the film is probably a little bit easier to recommend for people who aren't familiar with Che is it, it does an awful lot of interpretations on its own part on what these travels did to Ernesto to make him Che. So there are moments where they're meeting people on the roads, like farmers who have been kicked off their land by, um, by landlords and Ernesto asking if they were, if, you know, if they were organizing and trying to fight back the sort of stuff that doesn't really ring true or appear very often in the book. Um, so it's sort of, it does, I think the film interprets the book it as something that very clearly made Che and that was the point of the book to them. So it makes the film a little bit more reflective of Che as a person rather than reflective of Ernesto and Alberto's adventure, I think. I think that's probably why I feel like it's a really great supplement to that because it gives you everything. It gives you the nitty gritty. And once you've, you know, once you've actually gone through the book and you've recognized that when you start the book and when you finish the book, you are definitely interacting with a different person, somebody who has really shown you their values along the way. It feels incredibly rewarding once you've had the film itself, which gives you the, you know, the dramatization of it all. I, okay, I'm going to hold my criticisms of the film until a little later, because I do <laughs> want to agree with you on that point that I think, 
you know, in terms of this being a, a sort of Hollywoody film or a fairly mainstream film that mm. is accessible and lots of people can see, it's got Gail Garcia Bernal in it, who's now a werewolf. Yeah, good in, for him. A Marvel thing, not in real life. <laughs> Just to clarify, not in real life for people who don't know that he's in the new Marvel thing that came out recently. Um, I I think, yeah, it does it does a good job of making it very clear about like what his political ideology was. To an extent, again, there's a criticism I'm going to hold until later. <laughs> and I think in that way, it's a really good entry point. And I think you're right. Maybe I think I think you are right that it's better to watch the film and then go read the Motorcycle Diaries afterwards because you get a good grounding and a good broad view of, of like what it's all about. Mm. And then you can get into the nitty gritty of it. Um yeah, I do agree that there was stuff from the book that I that was cut that I wish was in the movie. My favorite thing is when he <laughs> he gets diarrhea in the middle of the night and he <laughs> shits out a window and then he <laughs> in the morning looks out and he's like destroyed what I think would pe- like someone was drying peaches out in the sun <laughs> and he opens the window and he's like, uh-oh, and then they just run. They leave. <laughs> they don't even say sorry. They just they they scarper. See, and- that's what I mean. It's like it's proper like it's it's not like lads holiday nightmarish banter but it's like there's a little element of that and you can tell that even though it's like it's it's quite a transformative experience for them they're still making a fucking mess along the way yeah and i think that's so important when you're looking at really important historical figures to see to read and interact with stuff like this where he is for the most part just some guy yeah (laughs) like he's just some guy and he's on a motorcycle and he's sort of a, a rich-ish dude going on his little holly bobs <laughs> <laughs> throughout South America. Um, and then it's these these tiny experiences that build and he doesn't, during this period in his life, he, he didn't really do anything, right? Mm. There's no moment in the motorcycle diaries. There's a speech that he makes near the end that I guess is his first political statement where he talks to uh he's at the leper colony and he's toasting them and he talks about um like the uniting of latin america to say basically all these borders that have been imposed by the colonialists are fucking bullshit we are a united people we share so much Mm. and we should be united in our political struggle like he has that speech and that's sort of it he doesn't you know, he's not like, <laughs> I, I am now going to go lead a revolution. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's sort of this sort of the, the motorcycle diaries ends with him. And there's that sort of that's that there's that epilogue where I I was trying to figure out when it was written, but it's the sort of one where he talks about and he seems to be almost foreshadowing his own death, which I found quite spooky, mm. where he talks about like debt like the individual being in service of like the the revolution and and like what 
the struggle means and what dying for the revolution means. And it's quite, it's this quite spooky, like sad note to end the diaries on. Um, But yeah, but apart from that, it is mostly, it is mostly a a travel log. It's Mm. a travel log with like the sprinkling of political awakening throughout it. And, And that's good. And I think that's great. And I really treasure stuff like that, where you can just be like, oh, yeah, sometimes these major historical figures did just shit out of a window because <laughs> they had diarrhea and they didn't know whether to diarrhea, where to diarrhea, so they just shit out of a window. Like mm. it's, I don't know. I feel like we we need that balance <laughs> almost <laughs> we're talking about because then we never think this is the thing. We as individuals never think that we can make history. Because we're like, oh, we're such embarrassing, weird, little, useless individuals. And we have all these, you know, these history makers feel like legends to us. They don't feel real. Um, and it's so important to, to just individually remind us, like, no, these were just people. <laughs> yeah. It, They're just people. And yeah. Yeah. It, I think the book does do an awful lot of that, of sort of grounding the revolutionary that Ernesto would become as a real person. And I do think it, you know, I think it opens the door to the fact that we need to accept that the most important people in the world are still people. And it that's why it was so interesting to me that I was so shocked by the fact that he was just a guy goofing off across South America for a lot of it. And that's what I really like about it. And I think that's, even if you don't align with Ernesto politically, it's still something that you can very easily take away from it. It's that the people that we put on pedestals are still people regardless. And, you know, I think these adventures are sort of, they are telling of who Ernesto becomes, but it's not particularly spelled out, especially not in the way that the film spells it out. I do think that... The film sort of, it it tackles the book as a way of opening people's eyes to who Che is rather than Ernesto. Because obviously we're out the other side of the Motorcycle Diaries now. They've been written, they're here, we know who Che is, Che was. So I do feel like it was always made with that in mind. Obviously it wouldn't have been made as a film without that if Ernesto didn't go on to become so important. Um, it's just, it's, I think it's interesting to make a film on reflection like that, because obviously there is no choice in the matter, but it's very obviously influenced the way that the film is made for better and worse. I'd say, I do still think that the film is fun, but it isn't particularly accurate and it doesn't entirely grasp everything that the book offers, but then equally for those who are going into this whole experience, hoping to find out more about Che Guevara. It's probably a more satisfying experience because realistically, Ernesto isn't Che yet, at the very least, not even by the time the book ends. So it's a matter of accepting that these these two people are quite different. Even from the start of the book and the end of the book, the people, that, the person that is narrating is very different. So it's hard to say, read the book if you don't know much about Che Guevara. I'd say the film is probably the the easier avenue for it. Yeah, and, and it's I think the film is a good example of how like 
filmmaking can circle people back to ideas. Mm. And and there was a quote from Gail Garcia Bernal who said that in his making of the movie, I think he said it crystallized his own sense of duty um, because, you know, still in in South America and Latin America, you know, I mean, look at what what's happening at the moment. These incredible like strides to f- free these countries from colon from the history of colonization and also of U.S. interventionism. Like that's still st- stuff that is happening today and needs to happen today. <laughs> mm. And and there's the quote, yeah, of, of Gail Garcia Bernal talking about how like his generation, younger generations, are still in need of their own political awakening mm. and and having a film like this as an avenue is a really powerful way to like bring people back and say hey everybody like look look around us look at look at your own lives look at your own countries you know mm. it it makes it makes both the film and the book feel like very different tools in that sense then i say tool as in like they have very different aims and goals and their intention by their clothes are very different. I feel like the film wants to introduce you to Che Guevara and a political thinking that exceeds, you know, the capitalist benchmark. And the book is much more compelling in the way of expressing how different our heroes are from our ideas of them and like really grounding them in reality and making everything that made them them very real because obviously in terms of powerful people nowadays we don't actually know an awful lot unless we're going out of our way to research that's why i think this book is so compelling and because obviously che guevara he's not just a an important revolutionary he's a pop culture figure you know you've seen the t-shirts it's not it's not something Mm -hmm. that's it's not very well (laughs) hidden so to really go into it, because a lot of people I feel like, you know, knowing Che Guevara, don't really know Che Guevara. They definitely don't know on Ernesto. So I do think this book is quite important in terms of really getting to know the man as well as the fact that the man was still a man in the first place. You're so right about the intent being different. And that's really what shapes the adaptation versus the source material, because like... And, and Ernesto Che was just right. He was just his diary. He was just writing about what was happening. Mm. And there was no specific intent towards it. I think partially when putting it together, he did want to trace the arc of his pol- political awakening and go kind of go, OK, wow, this is the trip that really changed me as a person. Um but still, you know, he didn't have the context of his own life while doing that because <laughs> yeah. he obviously at the time did not know that he was going to be killed and turn into yeah, a figure of a, a cultural icon for uh, leftist movements across the world. Like he obviously didn't have any of that <laughs> knowledge, <laughs> um, but the movie does. And so the movie very much goes in with the intent of saying, you know, this is this is the introduction to the political ideology that uh, Che got. Here it is, and I think it's much more explicit about it um, in ways that then 
um i think it does also minimize some of it it, it oversimplifies it in a lot of places uh-huh. um in certain places i find quite troubling we get to that again i feel like i'm like teasing yeah we're, <laughs> like we're teasing we're my inching closer and closer we're itching clarified you know i feel like it's gonna be its own section so i don't want to like drop the <laughs> the info here <laughs> um but yeah i think you know that's i feel like the film is a very very different beast to the actual motorcycle diaries because it's such a different thing to have somebody talking about their own experiences just offhandedly like yeah a diary he's just writing a diary this mm. journal at the end of the day being like today i pooped out of a window you know <laughs> <laughs> today i yeah today i saw the you know the effects of colonialization on liba like all those things are just balanced equally in his mind while writing it because he's just talking about what he did that day yeah. if that makes sense mm. <laughs> and then the film is going in with this very you know strict intent of here is this massive cultural icon we know that this time in his life was really what formed him as a political being what were the events and what were the things that he saw the people that he spoke to that created that change and then how can we you know, use that to perhaps influence our audience to look into their own lives and around their own worlds, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, I understand why it made some of the, and it cut, it cut some of the corners that it made, because obviously with it being diary entry after diary entry almost daily, it's, you know, it, it's quite tough to cram all of like the mental fizz that goes into an entire day into a two hour film, especially when it's spread over like a series of months. It's, it's a lot to distill. And I think if it tried to, it would make, it would make the film feel much too frenetic for it really to make sense or hit home. But it is still, like we said, it's very interesting to assess the two in context where the film is making an attempt to put Ernesto on a pedestal while the motorcycle diaries themselves sort of tried to strip that pedestal away. Not on purpose, of course, because he didn't know he was going to become the figurehead Che Guevara, but it definitely does make him feel much more human. And that feels, I'd say in a way, it sort of, it fights of like the opposite fight that the film fights. In that the film thinks itself as an educational tool as well as something for people to watch and reflect. Whereas the book is the very, it can't escape the fact that it's real life because it quite literally is. It's a diary. There's not much you can do to escape that. And it like, it's, I think it is very interesting to watch them sort of pitted against each other in the real world context that now we can understand. Another thing, one thing I did appreciate about the film is obviously in while writing Che already knew his friend Alberto Mm. (laughs) and did not really feel the need to describe what his friend Alberto was like and what their relationship was like because it's his diary who cares Mm -hmm. um and I appreciated that the film and I I haven't read the 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 thing that Alberto wrote about the trip so I don't know if that's taken from this this other diary mm. or account um but it, you get a much better sense of their friendship which is nice and it does i think the film works 
much more strongly as like a buddy comedy. Yeah. It, it sort of reminded me of the um, friendship in Julie Jim, which is one of my favorite movies. And it's also about two guys who are just kind of like bumming around and doing stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It sort of reminded me of, of that movie and you get so much more of a sense of who Alberto is and he's kind of like, right, he's kind of the charismatic one and he's always wanted to like get ladies, <laughs> <laughs> which is really, you don't, I feel like there's very, very little of that in the Motorcycle Diaries because uh, Ernesto's more concerned with like what he's seeing and experiencing. He's not really talking about what his buddies up to yeah. and so it feels the film feels more like a full rounded i guess travel movie uh mm. coming of age movie because it has so much more about their dynamic and so you and also i guess that it helps with the romanticization of Ernesto because you have Alberto being like the a little bit of the cheeky chaffy <laughs> <laughs> it's like always oh, trying to get you. Where's the ladies? And then Onesto's always he's been very sincere and romantic and Gail Garcia Bernal handsome all the time, you know? <laughs> like he's <laughs> yeah. the he's the very serious one. Um which feels like that's not fully accurate because I've read what Ernesto wrote about himself <laughs> like I know what you did sir the movie as we said cuts out a lot of the mischief I think to make Ernesto J seem like this this more sincere romantic like sensitive figure mm. um but it it that serves I think that serves just the narrative of the film because it gives you this nice relationship between these two guys yeah I mean, obviously, we do still get to see like little tiny slivers of, you know, of Ernesto playing along. And there's that moment where um, they run through their little plan with the two women that they meet of getting the bottle of wine and then very quietly saying, oh, no, no, we have this old custom where we where we can't drink on an empty stomach. And so suddenly they're having their meals paid for and the hotel rooms paid for and all this. <laughs> I th I, we get little peeks of that, but I do agree. I really like that it set everything up quite nicely. I think the first 10 minutes are quite sweet and they're very, they're much more personal than the rest of the film. Like there's that very start where obviously it, it is like, it's being read out of a diary uh, talking about Alberto and, you know, and his life and his character. It's a bit, it's a bit opening of hot fuzzy, I think. Just little snippets of his personality sort of gives you everything that you need to know, gives you those minor details about his personality that really let you know who that man is. And I found at the very start as well, all of the camera work was quite, it was quite tight and it felt very personal and it felt very sincere. And in those moments where they're saying goodbye to their families and all that, it's a very... It's very close because then it, it's able to open up to the to the beautiful surroundings that the journey takes them on. And I think that's in many ways, I think that's where the film really flourishes. It's the only thing really that in medium alone the film would have over the book. And that's showing you South America. And it's beautiful. There are some wide open shots that are just gorgeous where it just it hangs on a really gorgeous landscape and just lets the motorcycle just tear across the screen. And it doesn't, 
it doesn't ever feel like it's it's boring the audience. It never cuts away before it has to. It just lets you soak it in before you get into the rest of the adventure. And that's something that I really liked. And obviously, I think there's probably an argument to be made about the fact that every location showing up with, you know, the little name in the corner and, you know, I think there's an argument to be made that that is quite lazy. But I think, like, on a wider scale, I think I just liked looking at the pretty pictures I mean, I'm just a very simple animal, mm. and that's that's what I liked about it. But it is gorgeous, and it helps. It helps to establish as somebody who hasn't been to South America, hasn't seen an awful lot of it in culture, I suppose. Um, it's quite refreshing to see it all, and it gives you a little bit more of a a little bit more context as to how these places look and how they're interpreted by us rather than almost natives, I suppose. Yeah, it looks so beautiful and I think that is that is key to to the book the motorcycle diaries book as well because he frequently writes about being really taken aback by by certain places and and I think part of his political awakening is being able to see all these beautiful countries and these places and being like these are you know, there's so much beauty here. There's so much worth fighting for. So I, I think it's, I don't think it's superficial, the film being beautiful mm. <laughs> at all. I do find it quite funny that I read that after the movie came out, loads of people start, they started doing bus tours. <laughs> of like <laughs> Che Guevara's like motorcycle diaries route. That's actually like... <laughs> See, that's uber capitalist, but I'm like, ooh, I want to go. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, I would, does, do they go, do you go to the Lepo, the San Pablo Lepo colony, <laughs> colony on that trip? I want to guess probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably just go to Machu Picchu and and pet a llama. This llama's at Machu Picchu, right? I'm sorry Maybe? if I've made a presumption. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I... I you're so right. I, I think the movie has to be beautiful for it to work. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Mm. I think oh, there's there's something really nice about seeing it all unfold. Um, and it's just obviously while the film is a little bit more fluffy and easier to consume, there's there's certain things. Obviously, while it can present to you the incredible locales of that that the book takes you on, it never really like. It doesn't capture those very small moments that make the book special. And while, you know, it feels a little bit segmented sometimes and it feels like it's almost it's it is very segmented and it comes in bit one, bit two, bit three, and it sort of runs through that way. There's still something about it that is really sweet. And again, it sort of pushes to remind you that the people that we put on pedestals aren't really that much different than us. If we had similar experiences, maybe we could become similar people. And I think that's that's quite a nice message that the book pushes a little bit further than the film, which serves as a little bit more of like a like a historical recounting. But while we're there, Clarice, what yes. <laughs> what didn't you like about the film? <laughs> Okay, well, I, did you notice something was missing from the movie? <laughs> a certain thing that is mentioned a lot in the Motorcycle Diaries, 
but I don't think I I don't think it comes up once in the movie until the absolute final title <laughs> before the credits. There's a little thing that comes up at the end. I I mean, there's so much that it cuts out. I actually don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Please, somebody listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but. I do not think the US is mentioned at all until the final title that says, oh, yeah, by the way, <laughs> he was killed by troops supported by the CIA. Oh my God, you're right. Which, in the, the Motorcycle Diaries, what I found, the book, what I found so striking is that his his political awakening is very, very tied to seeing like the hands of American imperial interests everywhere that he goes. Um, and he's constantly talking, there's like the when he's going to the mines and he's talking about that. And it's like, it's, in, it's interesting the way that the film still covers a lot of the same events, mm. <laughs> but just really carefully like doesn't mention <laughs> that yeah. America had anything to do with any of this. It goes really hard. This is the big difference, I think, is that the film goes very hard in on the colonialist aspect. And there's a real focus on like indigenous people and the inequality that they've experienced that stemmed directly out of the colonial history of these places, which is great and very commendable. Mm. And obviously he talks about that in the Motorcycle Diaries. Like I really liked in the book when he was talking about the contrast between visiting Cusco, which was like the ancient Incan capital, and talking about the differences in the architecture of like how brutally that city was uh so many buildings were destroyed because uh, they were so intent on like essentially obliterating the culture mm. so that they could impose you know christianity and all that bullshit <laughs> um, <laughs> and then when he talks about lima kind of the difference with lima where there was there was less of that like destructive side of it and he sort of mentions Lima being more beautiful but in sort of an ironic way like I don't know there's there's a lot in there which I found interesting and so he does talk about colonialism and the movie does really go in on that um but where where was Amer America yeah why why did you mention that <laughs> See, it's weird how only now that you've mentioned it that like I can I can sort of piece that together because you're very right in that he doesn't really approach that. I feel like they might have thought that colonialism was a little bit easier a sort of avenue to take it with because I think culturally colonialism feels a little bit more historically distant from US interventionism because... I, th I mean, obviously, you can say colonialism is bad without particularly pointing out any particular nation and saying you shouldn't be doing this. It's just like treated as though it's just a phenomenon that is bad. But I think, God, it's, it's so weird how that has rocked my entire experience that not <laughs> not mentioning the US, it seems pretty fucking crucial, right? That's, that's a big deal. So, I mean... I might be I would be so apologetic if I'm wrong and there is but I remember I remember the whole way through the movie being like oh 
oh, they should, uh, when they mention, when they mention, when they mention, like certain uh, events that in the book he's writing extensively. Um, you know, in in the book, there are, there are all these, you know, events that he's, where he does explicitly talk about the US and the CIA and, and uh, corporations that are in the movie and that those things don't come up. So even if there is a sneaky little mention somewhere that I missed somehow, maybe mm. I just closed by blinked at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly not obvious enough yeah. that I I was like, oh, it's only until the very, very end when the little title card comes out. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it was CIA backed the, the forces that killed them. But like, don't worry about it. And I think, you know, it the, oh, the explanation is. I guess you're right. It's self-explanatory that this was a movie that was, um, you know, made to be distributed in the United States of America, where people are still so, so fucking aggressive and denialist about uh, America's history in South America and in the United States of America's history in South America. Um and they're still doing shit. <laughs> like, so that's the thing. It's because it's ongoing. I mean, colonialism is obviously still ongoing as well. But I, I think collectively we have a tendency to think of it as like a past thing. Right. And it's more about, yeah. you know, reckoning with the history while um, CIA US doing shit in South America is like probably right now as i'm talking they're probably mm. doing some shit <laughs> yeah. see yeah i do think that i think it it works to make to make ernesto's views a little bit more digestible to the general public and i think that's what a lot of the film does it very much simplifies who ernesto is and sort of presents it all in quite a simple way for example you know when the mining trucks show up and he throws a rock at one of the trucks. And when he's talking to the people on the road about organizing and fighting back against landlords, it is very easily spelled out. And it is something that I think a lot more people can sympathize with than the outright statement that US interventionism needs to stop in South America. I think it's a lot easier for the general public. I honestly, probably even for me as somebody who doesn't know, didn't know an awful lot about Che Guevara before picking up the book, it, it makes it a little bit more condensed, which in many ways I can appreciate is sort of a bastardization of the book. I do still think that it has, you know, it has merits as in its storytelling, but it's very clear that honestly, now that you've said <laughs> it's become, it's become clearer by the minute that, there's something wrong here. It, it comes together with and makes a good story that is all by all means worth listening to, but it's not, it's not the recounting from Ernesto that it presents itself as they're very much two different beasts. And I do think it's, it's a shame that it didn't have the nods to, to bring up us interventionism because we don't really, we don't really get to see a lot of that in cinema, not popular cinema at the very least. And obviously it needs to do justice by Che. And I think in many ways it does, but that's, that's a pretty big blank spot. That's, that's, that's not good. Wait, 
this is the thing though is that i do have a lot of sympathy for you know for jose rivera for walter salas in making this story and making this movie because the u.s is still like so hostile Mm. that it and this happens again and again with people making movies with any sort of political message is like it's i sometimes you have to make compromises just to get people to listen yeah. You know, and now the Motorcycle Diaries is a fairly like mainstream, well-known film that lots of people watch who maybe would not have watched other otherwise when, you know, it's like so you know like in, in Chile they just elected Gabriel Boric um who is a leftist um president who has I think has been pretty outspoken about like America yeah. <laughs> stop <laughs> um, like let's stop all this influence and and you know let us be a, a nation of like true democratic independence and I have already stumbled across articles in American newspapers being like oh I don't know about this Gabriel Boric guy blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like it's still the hostility is still 100% absolutely there um and you know i i don't while i do take major issue with the movie you know holding back on certain fronts and being quite tame in certain places i understand i totally understand why they did it because the movie would not have been made quite very likely if they had done a fully faithful adaptation of what jay was writing about in the motorcycle diaries um and you know, I'm glad that the film exists and I'm mm-hmm. glad that people see it and maybe people are inspired by it to go and read the book and go find out more things about South American and Latin American history. Like, that can only be a positive, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is definitely a really good stepping stone, I think, rather than something that entirely defines and serves as somebody's complete political awakening. Just watching the credits roll on motorcycle diaries being like whoa leftism man it really gets you but it's like <laughs> i think it, it's definitely a really good place to begin not only just on che guevara's history but on critical thought that sort of breaks the capitalist curse i guess and i do still find you know it's an entertaining watch and not only are you getting some political messaging that might you know annex some of the us interventionism of it but it's still it's still colonialism bad and you know what i agree i do think colonialism bad and i like having my political messages reinforced that's nice it makes me feel like oh i'm doing the right thing but but equally you get to look at some really nice stuff as well it's really pretty Mm -hmm. i think even when you dissect it from the political messaging and the things that it succeeds in and the things that it fails in, you still get to watch a, like a fun romp about South America. You get to see some beautiful vistas. And even though there is a little bit less of it in, um, than in the book, there's a little bit of debauchery and a little bit of mischief. And I do, th- I think it all comes together as quite a pleasant package. And I think it's got quite, it's got quite a wholesome sweet end until the, Che Guevara was killed by CIA-backed forces messages at the end. That bit's a little bit... (laughs) That one's not so fun. But 
I think by the end of it, it does feel quite satisfying. I think it would feel more satisfying if you hadn't read the book in the first place and you had you were able to treat it as an individual experience. But I, I, I understand that it's quite hard to do so once... You you haven't had like the whole story, but the very real in the moment story. Yeah, and that's the thing. It functions very well as a road trip movie. As you said, beautiful landscapes. Mm. Beautiful Gail Garcia Bernal. Yeah. I really enjoy looking at him. <laughs> Just lads on tour. <laughs> yeah, like, and and I don't think that's totally, like, in opposition to the motorcycle diaries. Mm. Um, because that's sort of what they were for at first. You didn't go into it saying, I'm going to write about my political awakening. Yeah. He was like, I'm going on a cool road trip. Let me write about it because I'm a writer. Mm. (laughs) And that's what cool young dudes do is they go on road trips and then they write about it. And there are, you know, while it's, it could easily be regarded as quite important. I do still think it's quite fun. There's one moment which I found really funny where where Ernesto is delivering a dog to his girlfriend, but along the way, the motorcycle crashes and sort of falls into a ditch. And Alberto doesn't know that there's a dog in this bag, and nor do you until it's revealed. But that bag in the crash gets fucking sent, man. It just pings off the back of this motorcycle, and it's like that—that that dog's dead, right? There's no, there's no way that dog made it out of there. It's so funny. Just when when he pulls the bag back and reveals that there's a puppy in it, I just what? No, that's not. No, that's that's, that's not. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't make sense of it. <laughs> that was a very cute puppy as well. It was, and it got pinged off the back of a fucking motorbike into the ground. <laughs> thankfully i think i'm pretty sure i spotted the no animals are harmed note at the end of the credits so we're good the puppy the puppy didn't actually get pinged everybody don't worry (laughs) thank god for that good gosh that was oh it was just so funny it took me out for a moment because obviously you go into it and it's after you've read the book of course you're taking it seriously it's it's an important film and it's about an important man but when you see Puppies getting launched off the back of motorcycles. It <laughs> doesn't help knock your concentration. But I think that's that's like the joy of the Motorcycle Diaries is that it's it's serious contextually, but not really in the moment. No, definitely not. For the most part. And I think a lot of his, like, the more political aspects of the book really come off as just, you know, tossed off, like, observations about Oh, I, you know, it's even when he he meets the the communist couple who are sort of, um, I guess refugees of, of a sort, and mm. and the way he describes it, he's like, yeah, that kind of sucks. <laughs> he had to flee home, you know. I mean, that's that's what's so interesting, I think, and that's what's more interesting about the book is that the film does sort of present him as quite, you know morally emotionally there in his political awakening he just didn't have maybe the specifics of it yet but he's always doing heroic things like when he goes to the leper colony he takes his gloves off to be like let me shake the hands i am good i'm a good guy (laughs) (laughs) and he's always doing really like heroic 
shit in it but the book not so much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the book he's often just yeah it's like that whole passage is like oh that's kind of a bummer <laughs> <laughs> communism's a bit weird but like i don't really get why these people should be treated so shit they were nice <laughs> like it's really sort of like you i think in the book you just you really do get a sense that this guy is learning as he goes and it is a true awakening well i think in in the film and i see the necessity of it because it would be difficult to portray something that nuanced mm. you know in the film in the film he is sort of che from the beginning if we're doing that division of like ernesto versus che he feels more like che from from moment one and it's more that he grows into the role as opposed to being like some guy who doesn't really massively give a shit (laughs) until he does (laughs) yeah no i I think that's why the book is so important as a text is it gives you that real rooting of like sort of just wanting to go on an adventure and then him suddenly being like huh some of these living conditions are poor Maybe I'll think about that some more. <laughs> it's sort of... It, it serves as an absolute baseline of... It doesn't tell you who Ernesto becomes, but it shows you how he could become something great. And that's what I think the book does so well. And when, even when it's pieced together in its own little sort of boxy way, it it's telling of how really circumstance can change anyone and it makes such a huge difference while all the same being like a kind of fun goofy travel movie as well as something that that carries a lot of communist messaging as well it's like it's such a a dense blend of things that obviously couldn't have been foreseen and only now with the context has it gotten even more so and even more crucial as a historical text I do think, you know, with the film being what it is and the book being what it is, I do think that they stand as two very different experiences, but I think they're experiences that feel right together. There's the film, which is the entrance to it all. The very, like, the very simple presentation of who Ernesto Guevara is and who he does become. And the book telling you exactly down to the minute detail across these incredibly hectic, debaucherous adventures, how that came to be. And it's quite, it's incredibly compelling to me to see these two very different presentations of the man Ernesto put together. It's not as though I'm feeling like I don't really know what to believe, but I can I can make sense of one as Ernesto presenting himself and another as somebody presenting Shay. And it makes it very interesting to assess the both together because, I don't know, I kind of feel like even though they're two different beasts, they do what they try to do, even though the film obviously it has its moments with not mentioning interventionism, which is definitely a flaw in it. It's just, I think it's really compelling to accept both of these different presentations and to use them both to form one idea of how Ernesto became Che. It is very slow crawl of a way to it. That was really nicely put. I think, yeah, you're so right. Both, 
is kind of both together. Like Hannah Montana, best of both worlds. You know what? The progression of Ernesto <laughs> Guevara to Che Guevara is exactly like Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll go with that. <laughs> Stick that in the back of the Blu-ray. <laughs> Hannah Montana, a revolutionary of her own time. She was. You're quite right. Hannah, Hannah Montana could have written... She could have written the Motorcycle Diaries, but Ernesto couldn't have written Old Blue Jeans. <laughs> There's nothing more to be said. No, I think I think that's pretty self-explanatory myself. <laughs> so we may have delved into some new literary genres in this episode, but our next one marks a real first for the Big Screen Book Club. We're going live and in person. <laughs> On the 13th of October, we'll be hosting a special takeover of the Cheltenham Book Festival's free event space of Voice Box. We'll also be joined by our very first guest to the pod, Rowan Hiseo Buchanan, author of Harmless Like You and Starling Days, who's previously won the Authors Club First Novel Award and has been shortlisted for the Costa Novel Award. Her work also features in the new book East Side Voices, essays celebrating East and Southeast Asian identity in Britain. And she came to us with a movie and book combo that is so on brand for us and we were surprised that we hadn't done it yet that's Park Chan-wook's The Handmaiden and the book it was inspired by Sarah Waters' 2002 novel Fingersmith The book is available in your local bookshop in audiobook form or on your e-reader and the film is currently available to stream on Channel 4's on-demand service, I think it used to be called All 4, but I feel like it's not called that anymore. It, it's, so I don't know what to call you'll it. Know how Just to Channel find 4 it, yeah. on demand service. <laughs> you know when you go on Channel 4 to watch things. That. That's the one. And also, more simply, on Prime Video. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Big Screen Book Club. And an extra thank you to our patrons, especially to Will Driver and Rachel, who are our ultimate bibliophile subscribers. Thank you. And you can keep up to date with us on Twitter and Instagram at BSBookPod. I'm Clarice Lockgreen. <laughs> and I'm Joseph Kahn. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Live! Live and in person and real. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> <laughs>